and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Welcome back to another episode of Season Show. <laughs> that was rushed. I jumped the gun on Zen. He wasn't ready for it. That's what happens. It's it's true. I was not ready for it. You I was looking start. for things and and it just he he snuck him in. Yeah, so, it's a ninja. It's a ninja thingy. Is that what it is? Well, not only did I kind of sneak in the command to start, but we've got another excellent interview coming up with you today. We kind of recognize we like doing interviews, and because there are also some really cool people out there in the the geeky gaming space that we kind of want to hear from. And and little hidden tidbit secret, our guest may have known your own favorite Gautemanger from, oh, last millennia. Oh my gosh, before Y2K was even on people's minds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's that? <laughs> it's a mysterious voice. Introduce yourself, mysterious voice. Very smooth, uh, mysterious voice. But <laughs> uh, Oh, why, thank you. Smooth, mysterious voice. Yeah. Um, it, it is I, B. Dave Walters. Uh, I would say friend to all mankind, but no bitter foe to a not insignificant portion of all mankind. Um, and God love you for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, streamer and content creator, you can find me all over the interwebs wherever fine streaming content can be located. And some sketchy. <laughs> I mean, some people just got bad taste. Yeah, well, we've, <laughs> we've got a bunch of links in the doodly-doo, our, our show notes, with uh, some of what you've done in the past and what's going on, and we're going to make sure that we can plug what we can. Mm-hmm. But you've got a really broad range of experiences, having mm-hmm. played a host of games, mm-hmm. GM several. In fact, mm-hmm. I was reminded that we should ask you on because we were talking about Battle Lords not too long ago. And <laughs> ah, exactly. Okay. And like, I'm like, wait a minute. We yep. should invite Dave. Uh, and so I wanted to hear from you, you know, what's kind of been your favorite experience getting to stream, cast, kind of game uh, a lot in the public eye? Yeah, I've been fortunate in that I've kind of gotten to occupy equal spaces as both player and storyteller, and largely in both Dungeons and Dragons and in the World of Darkness space. But I've definitely got to cross over to do lots of things, and one of those uh, was for my very favorite game, Battlelords of the Twenty Third Century. Normally, I hate to say that this game is my favorite, or that game's my favorite, especially when um, I'm I'm, I'm paid by companies. <laughs> Battle Lords has always had a, a special place in my heart. Um all the way back all the way back to high school, to tell you the truth. And um so when when last I think it was last no, I keep forgetting we had a year that didn't happen in between. Uh it's true. Yeah, two years ago, uh, with the launch of Battle Lords Sixth Edition, I got to do um, 
a short stream for them uh, to help with the launch also, which was which was really great. Um, anytime, I mean, I guess I've been fortunate now that most of the games that I, I have truly loved and played with any seriousness, I've gotten to contribute to, like on on a on a corporate level. And and the idea that I get to add some links to those chains of things that I've loved so much uh, is always mind blowing and wild. That is awesome. Well, for your yeah. reference, yeah, Jules, <laughs> Rainbow Smite, was uh, not horrible with Battle Lords before we kind of dragged her in, into some of the interviews. But mm-hmm. she she's beginning to realize that she is actually the Fintari that she never knew she was. I mean, <laughs> we must all let our inner Fintari out eventually, even if it's only to eat somebody's face. Um, when, when, when I explain <laughs> it to people... Why would I hide I, that? <laughs> Why would I hide that? They know not to mess with you afterwards. It's true. You know, no one steals glow. her french fries. That's true. Uh, I ex- I explain Bad Lords to people as aliens meets the fifth element. Uh, that you're in this bright, shiny future, and yet you are a corporate mercenary that is going out and doing violence and hoping to come home in one piece, or at least in enough pieces that can be reformed. That's actually a bloody good way of describing it. I was I was trying to just des- I'm like, no, that's not right. No, that's not. Where am I coming up with these words? Give me a thesaurus. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I did that when um, my first, first game I ever played was Rifts. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Yes, which is uh, got a lot of power creep problems. And the one I have not contributed to, so I'm like, Palladium, get at me. I like, I, I must, I must <laughs> mark this final thing off my checklist and do something for Rifts. Um, then it was straight into second edition uh, D&D, you know, AD&D, the OG stuff. And then uh, the world of darkness with vampire and werewolf just landed square on my face. But uh, around that time, I was seriously playing a lot of Battle Lords, playing a lot of West End Star Wars. And um, I never really went through a phase where I stopped playing these games. Uh, of course, you know, the, the just the logistics of arranging a party and keeping a game going for any period of time has, has always been difficult and was even more difficult before the Internet. And um just kind of did it all along, and then uh, through a completely circumlocutious route, kind of ended up in this community where if you told me, if you told me five years ago that playing these games professionally was going to be a thing and people would actually watch us do it, I would have found that laughable because I came up in a time where this was it was the nerdy thing to do. Hell, we grew up during the satanic panic. Like I came up when it was like actively evil to do. Uh, oh yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> was accused yeah. of that. Yeah. Have that. Yeah. Well, that that's how you came on my radar as a gamer was, you know, it was Twitter in the heyday of Twitter when it actually had content, not just brands. And I saw LA by night tweets. I was like, Wait, mm-hmm. that, that name, that, that, that height looks familiar. Wait a minute. It is I. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 No, we we got uh, season five, which is the the end of our chronicle for LA by night is is going on now. We got f- three more episodes. Yeah, three more episodes, and uh, and that that is it for us in this story. And and I can tell you that it does conclude. Finally. <laughs> I mean, and I don't mean finally like I'm tired of it. I mean, no, this story's over by the time we get to the end of these next three episodes. Oh, my gosh. Because I remember, geez, like, oh, God, one world by night. Way, yep. way, way back in the day. 
And the the one thing is like the one thing I do like about when you have a endpoint to the story and then everything is watched. But when you have like like one world by night and you have all this other crazy banana stuff, there's like the the power delta between like the noobs and the people who've been playing for six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. It's like it's harder to tell. It's a hard to tell a good story. So you know, when when I first kind of got involved in this space. Uh, I made a conscious effort to make my niche high-level storytelling uh, because that's kind of always been my jam in general. And and I learned fairly early that at least in D&D parlance, fewer than 5% of campaigns had level 20 characters in them. That's not counting people that had actually played from level 1 to level 20. That includes like one-shots, people that started along the way. So very few people got there. And I like that, and I think... It was informed by my martial arts background because I got black belts in a couple different disciplines. And a lot of times when people don't train, you say that and they're like, oh, so you're finished. Well, what a black belt actually means is you've started. You've mastered the basics. And so I always looked at these games like that. And and I played a lot of MMOs and, you know, in-game raid content and things like that, that you had to get to a certain level before you could even access the game. So... Bringing that sensibility with me into tabletop has been easy. In in the the secret is when you're doing high level play, it becomes less about what can you do, because again, in D and D terms, at level twenty, you can do anything. If you're a wizard, you literally can do anything, uh, and it yeah. becomes more about what should you do, what will be the cost and consequences of your actions or inactions, and that becomes the crux of the narrative, and not necessarily how many dice you can roll. That is a very good topic. I think we'll have to revisit at some point in yeah. longer form. Yeah, because- I was, sorry, I was actually just making notes. Sorry, I'm not like responding. Like, actually, that's a bloody good thing. It's like we, we steal a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, you no, can't no, no, no. steal, but it's freely offered. It is. No, let's just put it this way: we're going to use like kind of like the old music parlance thing. No, no, we're not stealing. We are playing, paying homage, or we are borrowing, or mm. letting it no, be known what our influences. Sixteen years, sixteen years, classically trained piano. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about her. I'm just going to straight up sample it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, yeah, what in the background? Mm-hmm. Heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Get, get, get you some dice rolling sound effects. There you go. No, Actually, you, yeah, we might I, have that uh, in, in, eventually. In the, in the board. Uh. <laughs> Actually, I got a question. I got a question. Yeah. It's like you said you like bring it up like this. This you want to make it like power in the storytelling. So every you know every kind of achievement and thing is you know it fits in. It's just like mm-hmm. you said. Well, one is just like how are you able to pull that in? You know, games that are all best way to put it, it's like like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, very much level one, two, three, four, five. Versus, you know, like Shadowrun or Deadlands or something else like that, um, because certain things have a you, it, like in a werewolf or vampire or something like that. So, okay, you can't do it till you reach like a certain rank, circle, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's just like certain things aren't open to you. So, it's how are you able to to make sure that you're able to get a good story sometimes within those limitations? Well, I mean, constraint breeds creativity, you know, and and I think um, oftentimes people mistake stakes with scale. Uh, And I like to tell both kinds of stories, but they're not necessarily the same. Uh, Scale is we have to stop the Death Star or it's going to go out and blow up these planets. 
and if if you look at the way that story is told in Star Wars, the reason why the Death Star blows up Alderaan is not to show how terrible they are because it doesn't really mean anything. You're like, oh, you hurt Leia, and probably she knew some people down there. That's cool. The reason why the Death Star blows up Alderaan because when the Death Star is about to blow up Yavin, it matters. You're like, oh, no, it's going to blow up the planet with people I know on it. Now that's bad. You know, that's that's yep. both stakes and scale. But you can also have stakes that my wife is going to leave me if I don't beat my gambling problem, but I've got to win this tournament or else I can't pay the bills. You know, that's small, but now high stakes that we must defend our block of turf, that we must uh, defend, you know, just our single homestead from these on-Russian kobolds at level one. You know, a, a handful of level five characters, level three or four characters, can have a pitched battle against a wyvern. Like, it doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to be huge to have it really have an impact. So story is completely divorced from power. It's just a different story you're telling. Yeah, it's, it's you know, if you think about it, like, way, 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 way back, we're talking, you know, it's like her, herds, farmer, gatherer thing. It's like, you know, it's like that was your universe. That was your world. You are defending the world at that point. But then it's like, okay, how he viewed what the world was, I think, yep. kind of changed. And I think it by making it, it's like, okay, if you, if you think about it, it's all right. Uh, you think like the first Avenger, the the first Avengers movie. It's just like okay, they're defending New York. You know that's yep. where the invasion is, and then it kind of grows in scale from there as as their reach kind of grows out. So it's you're you're bloody right in that thing. It's like sorry, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, oh wow, yeah. Mm. Well, you know, you have to put a face on things. The very first stream I ever did was something called Theogony of Kairos, which the premise was it was going to be level zero characters that were blessed by the gods to get level 20 powers. So they got transformed into demigods. And I knew if I started the, ep the first episode with, hey, here's these powers. Also, that's the kid who's been tormenting you in high school. They'd be like, cool, 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 disintegrate. So <laughs> we actually <laughs> spent three, almost four episodes just building the setting that they were in and introducing them to the people and situations expressly so I knew it would matter when I imperiled them imperiled them like just saying well goblins are attacking the city well all right that's real rough i'm like yeah but the baker's daughter anzra who has an unrequited love for you is trapped inside now that matters now that stakes you know yeah, it's all so state yeah stakes are are way more important than the power level mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. it's it's getting it's kind of getting like not just both well, the players and because well, we're all there to play, so we kind of want to be invested. But is like, is there like kind of like a hook or kind of thing that you'd use also? Like, say you, you're doing this in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. One, uh, yikes! <laughs> um, it's just like, dear God, I hope I don't burp. But the other one is like, how is it, how is it you're able to get not just your story and your players, but to get that audience kind of invite and like going the chat, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, so they're like, what's the dice roll? Oh my, like them at the edge of their seats with that same level of buy-in you know when when in the streaming arena when it is being done properly the viewer should feel like they're at the table playing which means you have to create a table that they feel like they want to be at 
which seems obvious when I say it, but a lot of people fall short of that in their streams and then wonder why uh, it doesn't go well. It's like, because the, the game you're playing is not a game that anybody would be interested in playing, you know? Um, so that's something yeah. to, to, to be aware of. Um, you know, uh, the simple answer, Rainbow Smite, is I'm just really good at this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and not conceited about it at all. You know, you're the, the least conceited thing, person next to me that I've ever met. The only thing that exceeds my brilliance is my humility. No, um, no, but no, honestly, honestly, though, the, the, I think it's, it's, it, it's, it's a couple of things. My style in general is actually let me say a different thing and then to give you some context for what the style is there is a reason why i believe um video games have never eliminated this form of play and they never will um no matter how big the sandboxes get no matter how ingenious the ai becomes to a certain extent you will always have rails if I'm pl- if I'm playing Genshin Impact and I want to come into Mondstadt and burn the city to the ground, I can't. You know, for a lot of reasons, I just can't. Yeah, they've um, got certain things. They do give you, you know, like there's Bioshock morality choice system. But the thing is, like, you are still constrained by the choices yep. that they give you. Yep. Yep. I mean, the whereas in your average uh, TTRPG. You can have this huge elaborate encounter and a keep set up, but if they decide they want to leave and go into the forest and pick flowers, that's what's going to happen. Exactly. So, um, the idea of why people keep coming back to TTRPGs, I believe, is because they give you a chance to be at cause in the narrative, to have your actions or your inactions matter, to have the things you do or choose not to do matter and have a real impact because quite often that is a feeling that we're denied in life so many of us feel powerless in life so we come to these games to engage in not a power fantasy but a feeling of significance because not everybody agency right exactly because not everybody wants to play a super powerful character so my style is I look at what the players do and what they don't do. And I ask myself, what is the worst possible outcome for this course of action? And then I do that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's delightful. Yeah. Insert note taking. (laughs) It's actually Mm -hmm. pretty, that's pretty close to my, Oh, you Mm want to try that? Sure. You're not going to stop me. Not on the front end. No. Yeah. yeah, no, have at it. Let's see where this goes. Roll the dice and see. That is why I, I go, I mean, obviously, you know, hopefully everybody at the table is yes anding each other. The old word from improv, you know, everybody's oh. trying to build up what the other person is doing because nothing shuts down fun faster than no. And you will find I very rarely use that word when I'm storytelling. Uh, but a lot of times I play with people that are very new or, you know, have a loose understanding of the rules and they're trying to do something that that particular game doesn't allow for. And even then I still won't say no. I'll be like, well, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? You know, right. what, what, you know, what, what, what are you trying to do? You know, and then, and then let's see how we can make that happen within, you know, the framework of this, you know, that if you're like, Oh, I want to cast, uh, 
mage hand and punch the guard in the face you know it's like well that's not what mage hand does so what 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 is it that you're trying to accomplish well what i really want is to steal his keys oh okay that's what you're trying to do well now we're talking yeah. about a different thing maybe try this maybe try that when in doubt i will allow a roll for almost anything uh just let's just see what happens you know what i mean like generally something positive generally something negative but um i try very very rarely to just shut people down. Because uh, what I find is a lot of times people will say things like, I'm a consequences DM, like they're really proud of that. And nine times out of 10, those people are just assholes. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, you know, you know we're, we're not here to punish anybody. You know, we're, we're here to challenge each other and tell a story together. And sometimes those, usually those are stories of victory. Sometimes they're stories of defeat, you know, but that is still what makes the medium beautiful and valid to participate in. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And that, mm. that is one of the big things that a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, those those GMs that are just like, I, how many TPKs do you have under your belt? It's like, dude, that's not really a measure of success. Yeah. Dare I say that that's a measure of failure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, only yeah. the things like it's like how many TPKs do you have that is just by oh my gosh, I can't save this. What the heck did the dice do to you? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, those it, are it, funny. Those are well, fine. But just trying to kill them? Ugh. It can happen. You know, what I mean, like again, the, your 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 victory is meaningless if there was no chance at defeat. But I completely agree with you that just how many times have you wiped out your players? Well, that's not difficult. When you're the storyteller, you're literally God. It's like, yeah. guess what? You all got space herpes. Con say forty. <laughs> what? I guess everybody's dead. You know, like that's, right, that's, exactly. Like, yeah, and it's super easy. I mean, yep. yeah, because all you have to do is like, oh, you guys are are, are first level. Cool. There's a colossal red dragon here. Yeah, yeah. It's like Stuck. you know, fire breath. Step, step, yep. done. You know, they don't even have to yeah. breathe fire. They just need to step on you, and you're done. Yep. Oh, and if anyone's listening and wants to dive into some of those yes and improv theories, we talked some about it, I think, back around episode 70. And I know when mm -hmm. I wrote up the Doctor Who characters, uh, the cubicle seven system was all built around that, the, the improv, no but, yes and, yes but kind of structures. So go to yep. the gm.com and do a search and it'll pop up. Yeah. I mean, again, within reason, obviously now, now. <laughs> point of clarification we're not talking about lines and veils issues or somebody trying to do something that is making you uncomfortable you know of course speak up always speak up because you know, yeah. con consent's important safety's important and isn't I'm it more just, fun when everyone's enthusiastically saying yes and or yep. yes but that's more fun exactly 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 don't don't just you know try and shut everything down and many examples are coming to mind and I, I can't give them because fans of my work will know exactly what I'm talking about. But what, what I will say is you'll people notice, especially when I'm playing that whenever I make a statement or whenever I make an action, I always try and include someone else in it. It will always be like, I feel like this. How do you feel Jasper? You know what I mean? Like, Pass the right. ball, like um, like immediately, especially if it's somebody that hasn't spoken up much or is a more quiet person, where you're like, hey, person that hasn't said anything in 15 minutes, what do you think? You know, um, 
and keep everybody uh, keep everybody engaged and give everybody a chance to uh, share the spotlight. I just tell people, like, try and lead the league in assists, you know? The number of times you let somebody else do something dope, because uh, everybody's still going to win. For our longtime listeners, I promise we did not give him any cues. And just because this may sound like some episodes we've, we've had before is only because we were right, too. True. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's a, we, just, we are joke, very joke much in the you, same... I, yeah, we're really like in the same lane of traffic, like just cruising along. <laughs> I was to say, jokes on you. I just been adept in you guys' strategies this entire time. Duh. Oh, okay. Duh, cool. duh, duh, duh. <laughs> there you go. Audio sound clip. <laughs> I learned it from watching you, Dad. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> that commercial. All right. We've talked a little bit about the philosophy, the ideas, and kind of some some of the fun, and touched on some of what you have gotten to do in the gaming sphere, both mm-hmm. writing comic books, running games, playing in games, mm-hmm. all of that good jazz. What is a game you haven't gotten to stream, podcast, etc., that you would like to? That what, What's the one that you haven't gotten to yet, and since you've already done Battle Lords, you can't use it? that you would like to share with people that has not happened quite yet? See, I hate this question because my answer sounds like such a douchebag answer because I get to do whatever I want, so there's not any. (laughs) But I will say um, there is one uh, that I've yet to get to do yet and probably, hopefully, will get to do soon, which is uh, Aliens from Free League. Haven't done Aliens. I haven't even... I haven't gotten my hands on the book even. I heard good things about it, and uh, I was doing a thing earlier today, and somebody asked, what horror game do you want to play that you haven't? And I said what I always say, anything I want to do, I do. And then I was like, wait, there is a thing I want to do I haven't done. There you go. Aliens from Free League. Yeah, yeah that did just kind of pop up on my radar, too. And so it's our resident horror fans, being the other two, not me on the uh, podcast, Likely highly intrigued by this. I I am less of the horror person. You know, uh, and you know, I'm the I'm the horror guru here, but I've got a couple of very very specific types. You know, so you know, I'm going to say something terrible. Speaking as somebody who produces a lot of horror content, uh, the genre is not my my preferred thing. Horror in general is not my jam. Like I I got some horror things I really appreciate uh, and really enjoy. Uh, but all things being equal, it is not my niche. And you want to know something funny? I'm not going to bust anybody out. But there are some very prominent people in the horror streaming space that feel exactly like I do. It's like, yeah, okay. I just happen to be good at this. So here we go. Yeah. Now, I, I I get a lot of that where it's like people that have played like horror things with me are like, yeah, that was way creepier than you have any right to do. Why don't you do this all the time? It's like, because there's so many cool things that you can do. Why stick yep. with just a single thing that you can do okay or well when there's so many other things that you can do poorly yep. but still have fun with? Hey, also, and this was this was, it brings me back to a conversation I had earlier today. So friends who are watching this in the future from, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about this stuff, there are um, certain experiences and certain things that you can learn about yourself 
that the horror genre and horror games enable in a way that other games don't. Um, it's, it's a way to experience disempowerment in a kind of safe space. Yeah. Uh, in your, and the thing is, like, it's also the the you you're, you get to kind of play with, it's like uh, what you are for real, what you show the world, and what you think of yourself. Like that whole truth, and there's like that whole you get to actually like the Jungian shadow, for lack of a better term. Yep. Uh, have you guys ever played Wraith the Oblivion by chance? I oh, love Wraith the Oblivion. There's yeah. an entire Patreon episode about debating Wraith versus Changeling, as which is the more tragic game uh, that Zen and I did. Uh, yeah. Changeling. Yes. Because, oh, for one reason only, Wraith has already gone wrong. <laughs> it's already gone wrong. Like you, you, you start with the curtain has already fallen on Wraith. A changeling, you have just enough rope to believe that maybe you can make it, and you're you're super not gonna make it. Uh, I did, I did. Yeah, uh, thing at Deadlands, if you're playing in Deadlands, it's not hell on earth yet. Yet, uh, I yep. did. A uh, yeah, I did. I did a four-part wraith story. I, did a, I mean, I've done them all. I did vampire, werewolf, wraith, changeling, and mage um, over on Q times, and because uh, I wanted to give everybody like a, a sampling buffet of the world of darkness. And our wraith game, I think, is the greatest story that we that that I've been a part of in in a stream yet. Um, and I guess your listeners are familiar with wraith if you've debated it, but on the off chance you're not, when you play wraith. You have something that is called well, you're well, first of all, you're a ghost. You're a ghost. You have unresolved business of some sort that is stopping you from crossing over into whatever's next. So you were bound to the earth by something. And you have something called your shadow. And your shadow is not your evil twin. Your shadow is you. Your shadow is everything you've ever done wrong. You're everything you're not proud of, every mistake you've ever made, and your shadow hates you. And so at the table, you actually play two characters. You play your wraith in someone else's shadow. And mm -hmm. just some of the things they said to each other over the course of that stream, I was just like, I would not have even thought of something so cruel, much less said it out loud. Like there were so many times I was just trying to like hide my face when they were talking because they were just digging at each other. And I was like, yeah. God. Maybe that's partially, <laughs> but the thing is, like, that's some of the best things you got. Also, if, if you think about it, is because, well, a lot of people here, uh, most people, I'm sure, have damage and they know what they would do. So, well, you know, and it's like, and the thing is, like, we all have that inner, you know, it's like the, that voice that tells you there's it's like, uh, you're not good enough. You're not strong. You're, you're pathetic. You're weak. You're dumb. You're stupid. Why did you do that? You know better than that. We have that going in at 24-7. What ended up, though, is those games were the most cathartic because we'd get to the end of these three hours of just having gone through the ringer. And then you just feel so light afterwards. It was the strangest thing. Like, the cast was all like, why do I feel good after that, which was just objectively awful? And it's like, yeah, yeah. You just wrung it out of yourself. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. Wraith Echoes of New York. It's up on YouTube. And uh, and we did Changeling. 
immediately afterwards because it was meant to be a palate cleanser. So our changeling game, I mean, it still was pretty dark because it's still me, but our changeling game was definitely upper end of light changeling. It very much was like, let's do not Wraith <laughs> right now. <laughs> we're, we're the, it's yeah. like you get, yeah, yeah we've, we've had to do the, it's my husband Zippy ended up playing a, 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 a puka, at sugar glider because the other games that we were doing were so freaking dark and he was jumping on people's heads being the, you know, the, uh, the despot of, of uh, PetSmart just because we needed that yep. goof. You, yep. The thing is like, you still be dark, but yep. uh, you know, changing at least allows people with certain types of comedic bends to kind of like flex a little bit. So, yep. you know, th was, there's, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely the acid drop of the world of darkness when we did the changeling game a thousand percent yes i say i'll, I'll throw the uh, link from when i did like a write-up of a circle for wraith when i was still writing at one point i would do weekly post straight making characters called card catalog and have all of these built-out npcs in different settings to have fun with i got busy i've not written a lot of those in the last oh look two years one year if we don't count the um, lost year but yeah i'll put the wraith link up there the kind of fun of the world of darkness and kind of the psychology behind some of these games we've touched on and what i'm curious about is what is the most wholesome and kind of heart melting experience you've had when helping other people kind of have not entirely comfortable emotional experiences through gaming i have found um the world of darkness lends itself easiest to these moments and it lends itself easiest to newcomers because the world of darkness is this world. So the barrier is fairly low. The gas station on the corner is the gas station on the corner. City hall is city hall. It just so happens there's monsters and you're one too. Uh, so the, when you talk about something like D and D there's, levels to which you are separated from reality in the sense that it's like, well, you got to learn what an orc is and you got to learn what water deep is and you got to learn, you know, why having an open Lord, you know, who the open Lords are and why if somebody assassinates them, that's bad or whatever. And you can enjoy that, but there's always a space, even the, however long you play your character and you can come to truly love them, but there's always a distance there. I find that does not exist in the world of darkness. And at the height of my Patreon community, I was running about 35, 40 games a month. Uh, I've run about 600 games of Vampire V5. I've run more Vampire than anyone else alive. More V5 than anyone else alive. And something that I saw, a transformation started happening in my players. And it happened in lots of them. And that they didn't understand it at first. Back to that point that I was saying about horror gives you an opportunity for introspection that other genres don't give, where we found the shy people started to open up. You know, the, the risk-averse people became more daring. The people that had, quite frankly, a lot of unresolved baggage issues and trauma from the past started finding ways to face those things as a byproduct of the ways their characters were dealing with their own internal trauma of coming face to face with being a monster. And it happened again and again and again and again. And it was just always uh, amazing to me. And I, and I have so many messages that people sent me that it was just like, 
I'm a different person now because of these games. And that wasn't me. That was the, you know, the story we told together. But the setting lended itself to that easier, especially when people there was enough familiarity that people could kind of let their guard down enough to really go in on it, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember uh, I I was seeing a therapist and I told him, you know, she's like, what do you do for fun? And I was like, I game and I was telling her about it. And she's like, so wait, you play other things and then you work through. She's like, this is probably the most cathartic thing I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys really need hey. to do more of this. And hey. I really need to look into it more. And this Shout was like 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Dr. Megan McConnell, uh, the cast of Clinical Role, um, uh, my dear friend, Dr. Janina Scarlett, uh, the people over at game to grow uh, They're all using TTRPGs expressly as a therapeutic healing modality, and it works really well with kids. Um, yeah. Because oh, yeah. It, yeah. Especially with those with like, the ADD, weird kind of like a defiance disorder, a, uh, attachment, that kind of thing, because they can also work through social things in a safe environment. And it gives them, it's like they get to see the consequences, but it's not going to give them like a criminal record. It's yep. I, I've seen it. It's like, I've donated to the charity. It's, it's, uh, I, I, I think it's probably one of the coolest things I've ever heard. And I, I want to see is like, I want to start to see research papers after they've got like enough data just to see, just to prove it's just like, yeah, we're all weirdos, but guess what? Look at what we look at the good we can do. You know, I, um, you, you mentioned a warm, fuzzy feeling. There is one, um, experience in particular I had that unless let me take a step even further back. One of the very earliest streams I had, I was talking to someone and I was like, hey, so how do you want your character's father to be? It was a part of their backstory. And they said, I need my father to be a wonderful person because my real father wasn't. And I was like, transmission received. And since then, Anytime someone has parents, unless they tell me as part of their backstory that their parents are awful, I make everybody's parents wonderful because so many people are denied that. And we had a story that we were telling that just involved time travel, like all kinds of weird hijinks were happening. And, you know, somebody had to go back in time to essentially ask their father where something was buried. That part of it's not important. But at the end of this interaction, I just had them, the father say, hey, I'm really proud of you and hugged them. And afterwards, this person wrote me. They were like, I got so incredibly emotional at that because my real father has never said that to me. And there were so many moments like that of, of, of just I'd, I'd tell someone they were beautiful and they tell me privately. Nobody ever told me I was beautiful or that, you know, that they were valued or that they were loved or, or you know, in their own interactions with each other. And they'd be like, I've I have never felt those emotions as a human and being able to express that and experience it in a Again, safe environment because it's got to, it's safety first. Because if you don't feel safe, you will not allow yourself that amount of vulnerability. 
Um, but again, it just came up again and again in those games. And you wouldn't think it because you think, oh, I'm playing vampire. It's going to be like interview with a vampire. We're doing true blood. We're just going to be like cool and drink blood. We're going to club. And it's like, yeah, you are. But then you're kind of going to end up sobbing in a corner in each other's arms. Because <laughs> yeah, the thing yeah. is, like, you can't party all the time. Sometimes you're going to have those quiet moments where you're going to start thinking and you're going to start reflecting and you're going to start hating yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, yeah, and the thing is, that game have... forces you to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have forever. Yep. And that's that's a you know that's a thing that most people cannot wrap their head around the concept of forever. You have forever mm-hmm. to hate yourself. Yep. So you better figure out how not to. Mm-hmm. Well. And that is what makes vampire storytelling game a personal horror is because something that it says in the book that a lot of people overlook, that is you are sliding over the years, your humanity drops and it is inescapable. So past a certain point, the beast is going to win. It is going to win. And knowing that in the back of your mind is what informs your choices, especially when you do things that hasten that slide down into monstrousness. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the so thing very is, like, much. the thing is, like, if you've like all the stories about, you know, that it's the hero's epic quest to find immortality, but the thing is, they don't tell you what happens after you get it. Yep. You know, you're going to watch everything that you grew up familiar with change. Imagine, imagine becoming just like a vampire in the early 1900s. And now the amount of technology, how fast the technology is, the, the craziness, you're, you're looking at something and you're like, people are stupid. Ah, you know. yeah. I, I think we all got a real taste of it too. Um, last year in 2020, that was both six months long and 18 years long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Then you're like, I I don't know. You're like, it was just 1880 and now there's an internet. I don't know. You know, that's, yeah. that's kind of, and that's why a lot of the older kindred, they sort of past a certain point freeze in place because things just start changing too quickly, which isn't that unreasonable if you think about it, because humans do that also. You know, most of our parents aren't super up on the top 40 right now. Probably. I don't know. Your parents might be super dope, but, you know, for the for the most part, you know, you have a point when things kind of crystallize. I mean, all of us probably, I mean, we're playing games we've been playing since we were kids. We probably still listen to music from when we were kids, even if we continue to broaden our horizons, hopefully. So multiplying that across 400 years, you're just like, uh, all I care about is my harpsichord pressings. Get out of my yeah. face. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're going from Mozart to K-pop. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it, it's weird trying to, not only that whole culture stuff, and the thing is like a lot of the stuff that we learn and we kind of in- integrate with ourselves as kids is like that's a lot of the stuff that shapes us as adults. Now imagine you keep that and your adulthood is infinite. I mean, it is no coincidence that... My first taste, I mean, I guess I created my first comic book characters when I was five, but my first real taste of storytelling was TTRPGs in in D&D. And it is no coincidence now that, you know, my vocation as a storyteller, because I write for film and television along with streaming and all this other stuff, is all still 
intricately interwoven in this pastime. I'm just lucky that the thing I fell in love with is something that I can get better at as I get older. Like if I mean, if I'd like peaked playing high school football, I'd be screwed right now because I'd even be out of the I'd be out of the pros by now if that had been my dream. Um, But the thing I love, you know, I get to keep doing. And the problem with this is that Dave is right about so many things and we can't really say yes, absolutely for too much longer. So we've got a bunch of links that are coming up in the doodly do the show notes, but where else can people find you to make sure that they can kind of experience more of what you've described in this interview? I'm all over the place, y'all. Um, the, the easiest place is to follow me on the tweetograms at B. Dave Walters. I do not expect you to keep up with all of the things I do. Uh, I barely can, and I'm there for most of them. I, I'm somewhere doing something almost seven days a week. I think I think I'm at six days a week right now. I have a significant announcement coming soon. I realize this is three weeks in the future, but I don't think the word will be out by then. But if the word is out, believe me, you will know it when it drops. Like I'm about to get to do the biggest thing I've gotten to do to date, which will which will be significant. Uh, I'm going to get to do some innovation. But right now, as of this exact moment, uh, Monday mornings at 11, I have Demi Planer with B. Dave Walters, which is my TTRPG talk show on the Demi Plane Twitch. Tuesday nights, 6 Pacific, is uh, Heroes of the Plains, uh, also on Demi Plane Twitch, is a D&D show. Wednesday mornings, Champions of Lore, where we talk about D&D lore uh, on uh, the Idle Champions uh, Twitch. Thursday night, Black Dice Society, which is uh, the Ravenloft official D&D horror stream that, that I run. It's 4 o'clock um, Pacific on Thursdays. Friday is L.A. by Night, which I think has three more episodes. So by the time you're hearing it, this might be the end this weekend, y'all. So you better tune in. <laughs> No, because I make no guarantees that any of us, much less all of us, are making it out of this one. It's uh, it, it's rough. Uh, and then Sundays is the Gax Pack at one o'clock Pacific. So again, do not attempt to remember all that. Just follow me on Twitter and at B Dave Walters. Oh, and my DMs are open, by the way. If you got questions about any of this, um or you don't know how to proceed or how to unravel a particular story, you can hit me up anytime. I'm going to tell you in advance, if you come and say something silly to me, I will smoke you. But if you come and just asking questions, super happy fun time, come on down. Well, before we kind of transition to closing remarks, it's been fantastic having you on here, and, and hopefully we'll have you back at some point. Maybe we'll even be at the same conventions at some point in person in the future when it is safe again for all of that and can actually sit down, have coffee, beer, food, or dice of some kind. But uh, All three? That's yeah, true. I, I have mixed all three of those before and all four of those before. Can raise a cup and also have dice. And then we'll get some dice-shaped ice and then boom, done. I, I have some in the same. freezer right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, yep. Yeah, I I like D12s the best, but that's because they're unloved and were for so long. But, uh, Dave, one of our traditions is, with our closing remarks, we always have something we kind of recommend to uh, the listeners. You are more than welcome to add something after you hear us blather for just a moment, and then we will be out of your hair. My body's ready. Zen, what do you have? Okay, because you always love to do that to me. Uh, So (laughs) I actually started woodworking in like the last few months and it has been kind of fun to do. And I've actually made a couple of things uh, like tangible thing I've never done before. And it has been actually a lot of fun. 
So you should definitely go out and see if there is something like that where you're actually like tactily making or building something of some variety. It doesn't have to be a coffee table like I'm getting ready to do, but you know, it could be anything and, you know, go out there and try to find something that's not necessarily sitting in a room on a computer with a bunch of people. I mean, in all fairness, that is likely a more productive hobby than model painting. Maybe, Possibly. but I like that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would submit, do hobbies need to be productive? Not really. Sometimes. But, but so, you know, sometimes they can be. Like, I don't ever plan on well, I mean, selling it. I'm recommending it. that you find some local apple cider. We're in the, let's say, northern hemisphere, so it is definitely autumn, no matter what the temperature outside wants to claim. And so that's cider season, even for the people who don't usually drink cider. Find a local cidery, have a glass or three of cider. If they've got something really dry, give it a try because rarely have we gotten to have really, really good dry cider. A lot of what we've had has is, is been way too sweet. So find it, alcoholic or not, as is your preference, and give it a try. <laughs> well done, well done. All right, all right. I've got my last – I can't follow you guys. You guys are too awesome. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. For me, the one thing I want you, I want you guys to do is I want you to think of lack of a better term is like going like we're all talking about a lot of the stuff that kind of influenced us as as kids. What I want you to do is go and and, you know, a lot of us haven't touched like for me when I was growing up, I, I devoured books by R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike. and. What I want you to do, if you if you can get your hands on these books or what have you, is one read them and kind of get an insight onto it's like why did you like them in the first place? Was it kind of a compelling story, or did it trigger an information? So it's like you know what I'm curious about this. I want to study this, and you know, or you know, it's like kind of figure out like why did why did it grab you then, and kind of when you reread it now with like adult experience and, and knowledge and stuff like that, it's like what kind of grip and if it does have on you now. And, you know, like for me, I loved, you know, reading Jonah Hex and I still love Jonah Hex because, you know, the way that he like man out of time, that whole thing, I still find that fascinating as I did when I was younger, but for a very, very different reason for them. I was just like, yeah, I felt like I didn't belong there. But now it's more of the what kind of stuff has he learned being bebopping around all throughout time? It's like, oh, okay. So he's able to take, okay, he's able to take stuff from, you know, Carthage and all this other stuff and just kind of pull it in. So why I liked it changed. So, so it's kind of interesting to kind of learn about yourself there. Helps you figure out storytelling. Cool. And like I said, leaves me. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to add, you are more than welcome to. If you are ready to say, have a great night, we are happy to have had you. I, I never turned down an opportunity to pontificate on something. Um, I've been thinking over here, and I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball. I'm going to submit, dear listener, you already know the thing that you should do. It's the thing that you've been putting off. It's the thing that you've got in your head as a someday maybe goal. So I would submit for you, 
there is only one thing that the entire human race is equal in, um, and that is time. We all have 168 hours in a week. We are not all the same size, same wealth, same intelligence, same charm, same whatever, but we've all got 168 hours in a week. There is time for literally everything uh, if you plan it right. It may not be in the day, maybe not in the week, but over the course of a couple of weeks, over a month, there is. So take that thing that you want to do and go start watching some YouTube tutorials on it. Sign up for Masterclass. Just resolve to yourself that you're going to spend 10 minutes a day chopping away at something or picking at guitar strings because the time is going to pass whether or not you make the most of it. And if you start working at it now, who knows, a couple years down the road, you may have an experience or a skill that you are really proud of. And I can tell you that is going to feel a whole lot better than the regret of never having seen it through. And on that extraordinarily eloquent note, have fun. Roll some dice. Play some games and stay safe. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handle this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 4.0 international license. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first Get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.